How do we learn to shift from wanting to change our situation to accepting it, even when our heart is broken and we are faced with a cross beyond what we ever could imagine? And what's more, to volunteer, to be at our Lord's disposal, to carry out his work of salvation. Servant of God, Father Walter Chiswick is an example par excellence of heroic virtue in the face of trial, specifically redemptive suffering. He was an American Jesuit missionary priest to communist Russia, and in 1941, he was falsely found guilty of being a German spy. He was placed in a prison camp, one of the worst in the world, where he was starved and tortured for nearly 20 years. Eventually, he was freed, and what he had to say after his liberation about the presence of God in the midst of sustained and ongoing darkness is a profound reminder for all of us. I'll share his words coming up next. Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to the program. This is The Inner Life, where we offer spiritual direction for your life of faith. Today, my name is Brooke Taylor, filling in for Patrick Conley. I'll be with you for the next week, God willing, as we visit with our spiritual directors. We're going to explore themes on everything from forgiveness, doubt, anxiety in the spiritual life, and today's topic, redemptive suffering. So what was it that Father Walter Chiswick said after he was freed after 20 years of being falsely imprisoned in one of the worst places in the world to be held captive. We are talking the Gulag in Russia, where he was starved and tortured for nearly two decades. Well, in 1963, he was finally released and returned home. And he wrote two books. One is With God in Russia, and the other is He Leadeth Me. This is a memoir. And in it, he writes the following. He says, I realized God's will was not hidden somewhere out there, but that in the situations in which I found myself were his will for me. He wanted me to accept those situations as from his hands, to let go of the reins and place myself entirely at his disposal. He was asking of me an act of total trust, allowing for no interference or restless striving on my part, no reservation, no exceptions, no areas where I could set conditions or hesitate or control. He was asking me a complete gift of self, nothing held back. It demanded absolute faith in God's existence, providence, his concern for the minutest details, his power to sustain and protect me. I love this. He said, it meant losing the last hidden doubt, the fear that God will not bear you up, like the eternity between anxiety and belief when a child first lets go of all support, only to find that the water truly holds him up and he can float motionless and totally relaxed. Father Walter Chiswick has been declared a servant of God and his cause for canonization is open. Learning to accept God's will for our lives like that is you see the totality of it and offering up our pain and redemptive suffering is our theme this hour again. And our spiritual director is Father Michael Harchi, a priest of the Diocese of Columbus, Ohio, a moderator of the Curia, Curia currently studying in canon law in Canada, and joins us on the program today. Father Harchi, welcome to the program, OH. Hey, Brock. Yeah, I know, right, right. <laughs> it's a Buckeye. Uh, yeah, it's good, to, it's good to be on with you. For sure, for sure. Yes. The whole the whole state is, is always uh, Buckeye crazy. Um, <laughs> 
you know, every Saturday in the fall, it's, it's, uh, it's probably the most popular religion. <laughs> yes, it's true. Well, before I happen to be in the Diocese of Youngstown, so we're not too far away. Yeah, uh, great, from... great. Wow, uh, good to know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and kind of Cleveland as well. We're right on the line there. But before we get started, sure, I do sure. want to give the studio line and invite you to the conversation. one 914 is the com- uh, number to call. And again, the theme is redemptive suffering here on The Inner Life this hour. Father, I wish we could kind of ease right into this segment and give you a softball question, but I'm not worried because I know you've got this. It is the question. <laughs> how, how do we make sense of suffering? That's, you know, yeah. the foundational question. Yeah. Yeah, Brooke, I know, um, you know, when, when, you know, this topic was, was brought up, in, in one sense, it's like, hey, okay, let's, let's talk about it because, you know, we as Catholics you know, talk about uh, suffering and redemptive suffering, you know, all, all the time, um, or at least, you know, the, the old phrase, you know, offer it up, and it's still still very valid, but, but yeah, how do we make sense of it, you know, like, why, you know, why isn't the world um, more perfect, why do we have to endure this, and so, like, just basically, I guess, like, maybe to kind of get us started off, started off is, like, you know, we should remember, like, what, what suffering is, so we don't confuse it with, with other other pain in our, our lives, I guess. So it's, it's, you know, just kind of basically this presence of evil or the, the privation of some good. So <clears throat> presence of evil or privation of some good. So then we can see like in that definition, like then it's more than just, it's more than just physical pain, you know, because when, 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 when people, you know, suffer like, like that, that, that wonderful example you gave in the introduction about, about, Servant of God, Walter Chizik, Father Chizik, um, you know, he was suffering you know, the, this evil of, of being falsely accused, of being uh, tortured. Um, so that, that, that really is, is real suffering. And then, like, we as, as human beings, kind of when we're going through, you know, something as, as you know, profound as that, or even, like, you know, kind of lesser sufferings, we're, like, aware that something is, is wrong, Again, whether it's physical pain, usually we, we associate suffering with, with physical pain, but it could be something else. But we're like we're we're aware that it's going on. So like and more so than like an animal, like an animal can't suffer in the way we do. Now we people might kind of scoff at that or, or something, but but so animals sure feel feel pain, but they don't experience this whole kind of other elements of 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 pain, which is like this. This suffering, this this knowledge that like, well, this this shouldn't be, whether it is a presence of evil or, or the privation of of some some good, and we can get into to, to more of that, maybe some examples of like a privation of a, of a good or something like that in suffering, but like it's so it's good for us to kind of like I guess tr- try to wrestle with that first, and then maybe see like too. So since we are made in God's image and likeness, that the fact that we we can suffer. Um, really does set us apart, and 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 in and in some ways, um, you know, I I don't know how to say it. Like it doesn't, you know, not to 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 minimize anyone's you know suffering in this in this life, but 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 it's it's almost a good in that way because it it can draw us closer to God's heart, if that if that makes sense. Just because we can experience experience suffering. So I don't know. So that's to me, kind of a way, a place to start for us to, today, and and thinking about that. I think it's a beautiful starting place because there's a few dynamics there 
that I want to explore. First, again, that idea of suffering as kind of a gotcha that atheists try to invoke that if God were all wise and good, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. he would not allow senseless evil. And to your point, why would our Lord want us to suffer to be close to him? You know, this doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. But of course, we know the way to heaven is through the cross and we follow as disciples, and there will be suffering in this life, it's guaranteed, and there's so much there to develop and talk about. But from Dr. Peter Kreeft, who's just one of the most brilliant Catholic thinkers today, all the way back Mm -hmm. to philosophers, Boethius and C.S. Lewis and the problem of pain, have all talked about this, that that the unexplainable, I mean, it's really kind of where theism comes from, and I heard a great call earlier today on the Patrick Madrid show, just grappling with this whole question, but the idea that uniting our suffering to Christ's own suffering has this magnanimous power. That is where I think in our faith, especially today, you just see what seems like needless suffering. We really, I think, need to recover and restore the understanding and the teaching behind that. So I want to develop that a little bit because this is notable. Even yesterday, I was filling in for Kale on the Kale Clark Show, and my guest was Dan Schneider. He's the author of the Libra Christo Method, which is a field manual for spiritual combat. And a critical Mm -hmm. point that he makes is that redemptive suffering actually has a powerful impact on spiritual warfare because the value of voluntarily making satisfaction for sins, to willingly volunteer reparation for sins, our own or the sins of of the whole world, like we pray in the Divine Mercy Chaplet, it helps restore union with God. So considering, I mean, that's astonishing. And St. Paul talks about that in the Colossians. Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's suffering for the sake of his body, the church. I mean, that's really powerful spiritual combat because we're participating in this work of salvation, which of course the enemy does not want. He wants us to feel that our suffering is needless and endless and useless useless, and that God isn't there and he doesn't hear us. So when we turn it around to the truth of it and use it as a resurrection tool, that's unstoppable. Right. You know, Brooke, that's, 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 that's brilliant. And that's so well said. And, and like you said, with the evil one wanting us to, you know, think of the suffering in, in, in a, in a different way, in a way that's, that's like not sort of redemptive. He also wants us to like, um, not take responsibility for, for suffering, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so I, I, it occurs to me too, that, so anytime we suffer something, uh, it's, it's often someone else's fault. Like you said we, earlier with, with the atheist and blaming God and why would he allow this? Okay. So the pain I feel is, is someone else's fault. Whereas we do need to acknowledge like this, this pain and suffering that we experience in this life is a result, not only of original sin and like the fallen world that we live in, but the suffering that, that, that we endure, um, is oftentimes the, result of our own actions, our own sinful actions, and then like the sinful actions of other people. And we just have to live in this world and, 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 and deal with that. Like there's, there's just no getting around it. But, but when we can acknowledge that, okay, some of the things that I suffer are because of my own bad choices, then we can really like begin to, to turn to Christ and say, okay, how, how, what, you know, how are you trying to act in my, in my life? How are you asking me to respond to your grace in, like, in, a, in a better way so that I don't fall into this temptation of sin and cause myself more you know, pain and, and heartache and, and, and evil and stuff? And, and, and maybe it's why I don't respond in, in such a 
selfish way to like the pain that other people cause me too. And, and, and all that can be is really how we like transform this suffering to be very redemptive, to at least acknowledge that like, okay, some of this is my fault, you know, now, and that doesn't, it doesn't at all, you know, you know, somebody who has a cancer diagnosis or something or, or some, some, especially like child, you know, it's, it's a result of living in this fallen world. But, but again, these, these sometimes are, are maybe oftentimes the result of, you know, our own sinful choices. I think that's key. And even in the Old Testament, all the way back, we see that, whether it's the Israelites and kind of blaming <laughs> Moses and, you know, just yeah, the different yeah. aspects of um, why did this affliction happen? You know, either what did I do wrong to deserve it? That's a big one. Or right. what did you do? And this is your fault right. and, and understanding that, well, how can I respond to it? Yeah, and, and that's a great example of the, of the Israelites there. Like, okay, yeah, so they're suffering, you know, heat in the desert or whatever, and, and maybe some a lack of the, the food that they, were, that they were used to, but they're free. And they, they do have, you know, God has provided, you know, food and, and sustenance for them. It might just not be, be what they want. And so, so, so again, so, so some of the, they're, they're suffering sort of some, some physical, you know, discomforts, but like, what can we, what can we acknowledge? What, what, what goodness can we acknowledge in the suffering? Like, and it was hard for them to see past the, the physical discomforts to like the, the freedom that, that God was, was leading them to. And then, like you said, they're immediately then, you know, pointing fingers or wishing we were back in slavery or something like that. And, um, and, yeah, and so without, without acknowledging that, um, uh, while God doesn't, you know, actively will this for me. Um, he is you know, providing, you know, some, some graced moments for me to, you know, to use it to turn to him. We're speaking with Father Michael Harchie. He's our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life. My name is Brooke Taylor, in for Patrick Conley, and the theme is redemptive suffering. And it's interesting, too, because there's a spectrum of suffering, of course, the deep pain, the gushing of the loss of a child, for example, or a diagnosis that just takes a loved one so quickly and swiftly to the hangnail irritations of life that we can sometimes magnify. And often those are the biggest stumbling blocks and they can be. And, you know, I think too of how we can justify. I have a special needs daughter who has autism and she has one of her stimming is she rips, uh, she's 13 now, but from the time that she was a little baby, she's adopted from uh, Poland. And Mm. so we knew that there were some challenges there, but she rips papers and books and we have tried to lock books up. We've tried to, you know, do all sorts of different things. And, you know, there's still where will find piles where she's ripped things. And it's so easy for me to justify a bad mood or for all of us because I feel validated by that. This is something that was ruined. And then I say, well, it's just material. Everything is temporary. But in that moment for all of us, there's an opportunity. And Bishop Olmsted uh, from the Diocese of Phoenix, he has such a brilliant observation about when it comes to struggles, we today need to learn to suffer well again. He talks about how in a time when often we are not only able but encouraged almost to indulge every desire, it increasingly becomes difficult to bear with courage and resilience even the smallest sacrifices that love requires. And so because of that, we feel 
you're a burden, I'm a burden. And that's just not the reality. And it, it gives us this erosion of being able to suffer well gradually. And we know that God wastes nothing. He uses everything if we give it to him. And so I love that idea that Walter Chiswick talks about of just as a feather is carried along by the wind, that we will be so possessed by him, like the dry branch is possessed by the fire and just let ourselves be animated by him. But that means abandonment. And that does mean that we need to learn to suffer well in the little things. And I think that goes back really to, would you say the virtue of fortitude? Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I would say fortitude is a, is a, is a, is a virtue that we can uh, sort of cultivate to, to be able to, to, Kind of live in our our suffering in a in a productive and a in a redemptive way. And, and if I if I if, if you don't mind, like I, I love that personal example you used of your daughter, and thank you for for sharing that. Um, and and really, what a what a generous heart it is to to um, adopt um, and and so many graces you know from that. But like you said, the, the difficulties there, and and so kind of from that example, like it it, it occurred to me in a conversation I was having recently that. You know, it's okay. So we don't know what, um, you know, your daughter or somebody with autism or some other, um, you know, kind of um, malady is, is suffering themselves. But like, you know, so we often, you know, think to ourselves when we're suffering from somebody's, um, I don't know, not in your daughter's case, something like just like bad behavior or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, so somebody's, somebody's irascibility or something like that. So we think, okay, I'm, now I'm, I'm suffering at, at their hand. Whereas like it, it would be, so wonderful for us if we could, um, instead of thinking about, okay, what are the, what are the evils that I'm suffering, you know, because of this, 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 you know, this person's maybe mental health or something like that. And instead to think like, well, they're, they're, they're obviously suffering a lot. And here I am, uh, myself personally, even like I suffer very little, you know, and God has given me so many, he's given me health and, and, and gifts and talents. And so, you know, why can't I, um, for a brief moment in the grocery store or something, you know, sort of bear someone's, uh, the, the bear the brunt of their, um, of their, you know, I don't know, bad mental health that day or, or, or bad mood that day or something like that in, in a way to, to offer it up back to God and hopefully to alleviate their own suffering like a little bit more instead of, you know, instead of adding to it. But then that, that yeah, that gift of, of, of fortitude, just kind of, um, you know, strength and, and, and perseverance through, through trial, um, can, um, you know that that can be you know cultivated and 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 it is cultivated in like those, those very small ways. Then when we face something you know rather you know rather difficult or a a, a real tenuous situation, you know we can hopefully um, you know uh, benefit from it and 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 kind of you know show others the the grace of God at work in those in those moments. And I think. To that point, that's where the example of the saints comes in because like Father yeah. Walter Chizik or so many, it's like, okay, I see this heroic <laughs> virtue and, yeah. and I know that it's it's God's grace, but it's also possible with his help and, and with my own um, self-abandonment. And I want to talk about that after the break. And there's a great, I think it's Father Jacques Philippe that talks about, you know, we often look at the other life and say, well, if I only had this resource mm-hmm. or if I didn't have this health limitation or if my spouse was holy or if this hadn't happened to me, I could do 
this work or I could do the work of God, but no matter what we lack, that God never leaves us in lack of himself. And so often the very limitation, if we learn that redemptive suffering or the struggle or the heartbreak or the cross that we're carrying is the thing that we can raise in victory. And I want to explore that a little bit more after the break. This is The Inner Life. My name is Brooke Taylor filling in for Patrick Conley. Father Michael Harchie is our spiritual director today, and we're exploring the theme of redemptive suffering. Sometimes it feels as though God has forgotten us in our suffering. We read it in Job, in the Psalms, and in our blessed Lord on the cross, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Is there a time in your life where you've understood the value of suffering more than at other times? Would love to learn the lesson, your insight, and your story. one 914 is the number to call to be a part of the conversation. Back after the break, here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the app. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. is official one year from now, July 17th through the 21st, 2024. There's going to be a life-changing Eucharistic Congress in the heart of the Midwest. We would love for you to be there. Come be a part of the National Eucharistic Congress in Indianapolis next summer. The theme is Let's Show Up for Jesus. So we are, we're going to be there. You can meet your favorite show hosts. Join us for the Family Rosary across America every night on the main stage. And most importantly, join together with 80,000 other Catholics and adoring Christ enthroned in the Blessed Sacrament. So again, that's next summer in Indianapolis right now, July 17th through the 21st. And the latest information is posted at relevantradio.com slash indie so you can stay in the loop with this amazing Eucharistic Congress. This is The Inner Life. Welcome back to the program, helping you grow deeper in your spiritual journey. My name is Brooke Taylor, in for Patrick Conley. I'll be with you for the next week or so. And our spiritual director for today is Father Michael Harchie, a priest of the Diocese of Columbus, the moderator of the Curia, currently studying canon law in Canada. And our topic is redemptive suffering. Our studio line is one 914 And Father, uh, before the break, we were talking about the virtue of fortitude and the saints. Mm-hmm. And of course, in there, of course, is the sacraments. Can you talk about the role the sacraments play in dealing with suffering? Sure. Well, yeah, as a, and especially as a, as a priest, yeah, thanks. Um, the, 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 you know, the sacraments, I mean, the you know, they really do, you know, so they, they, you know, ex opera, operato, like they, they just by the work, having been worked, they, they unite us to Christ and they give us to the, this, this, you know, sacramental grace. Um, and, and, and so the sacraments, one, unlike a human level can bring some real uh, comfort to someone just like, okay, knowing that I've, I've received this or family members seeing like, you know, mom or dad, you know, sick in a hospital, seeing them get, uh, receive Holy Communion, or, or or get anointed, or receive the Apostolic Pardon, um, and so so on that human level, that can bring us a, a real assurance, and that's sort of the beauty, part of the beauty of the sacraments, that that they're these these tangible things. Like I can hear the priest tell me, you know, I, I my sins are are, are absolved, um, and then on that on that spiritual level, and on the level of of grace, like they really do, especially in the the sacrament of anointing of the sick, 
they really do help that person unite whatever it is they're they're suffering, whatever evil they're they're suffering or deprivation of of, of a, a good of their health, um, helps to unite that to uh, the the cross of of our Lord, so that when we don't have the strength in those moments of like suffering, especially like an illness or, or something like that. We don't have like the physical strength or or the the, the mental fortitude to kind of stick it out. Um, we can kind of just like, okay, I, I've been anointed, and 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 like, you know, I know God's grace is at is at work in me. So like, it's like those moments, like even in the scriptures, we're we're gonna hear this, this weekend about how when we don't know what to pray, like the Holy Spirit prays for us in inexpressible groanings. So like these 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 sacraments, they're 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 working for us and and in us when we don't have the energy. Um, to, to, to put forth in that. And, and so that's, that's a great, hopefully, source of comfort. And then also a great like, reminder for, for all of us to stay close to the sacraments in our, our lives, because if, if we, you know, if, if we are, don't have a, like, a life of, of prayer when times are good and, and when we have the energy, it's really hard to start a life of prayer when we're, we're really feeling bad you know, physically or mentally or emotionally or whatever it is. It's really hard to, to start that. And so, like, you know, for instance, you know, I, I might be anointing someone in the in the hospital, and they might have, you know, grown children who have fallen away from the church. And, like, those, those you know, adults in the room are thinking, okay, that's nice. Like, mom mom would have liked that. And um, and I appreciate, you know, Father coming out to, to do that. But it doesn't mean as, as much to them. Not to say that it's not working as, as, as much. It certainly does. But so w- without... A, a life of prayer and a life of re- receiving the, the sacraments. It's not going to bring that sort of physical comfort and physical assurance and reminder that, that God is really present with us. It's more of just kind of like a yeah, nice goodwill thing. And, and it's just so much more than that. And we can benefit so much more from the sacraments when we really uh, engage with them, with them and, and rely on them throughout all these stages of, of our life. Amen. And there's so much even just in reflecting on the power of the Eucharist for the, the soul who is, is suffering through grief or a trial, mm-hmm. physical ailment, and to be able to receive our Lord who comes yeah. as the most humble to conquer the missionary territory of our heart, our soul, our struggles, and, you know, what's visible and invisible. It really is extraordinary we're starting to get some calls, so I want to try to get to Heidi here. Again, our studio line is one triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Our topic is redemptive suffering. We've been covering that here on the Inner Life. Father Marco, Michael Hartje is our spiritual director from the Diocese of Columbus, and Heidi on the line from Utah is with us. Welcome to the show, Heidi. Thank you very much, and God bless all of you. I just wanted to share my thoughts today is life gets messy and hurtful and we have so much pain right before our end if we just push through in faith there's a breaking point of rebirth and creativity and i see this in the name of jesus christ Amen. yeah thank you heidi thanks for sharing that that's uh yeah a really hopeful and and, and positive outlook i love that thank you god bless you i, I want to touch on um something that St. Therese of Lisieux talked about with regards to redemptive suffering. And of course, she is just an incredible example, not only in her life, but as her training and instruction from her father, Louis and Zali, and the way that they were master classmen, basically, of instruction 
And so she talks about this with a disappointment that she had. How do we process our sufferings and again, offer them up, which is an extraordinary tool in the spiritual life, spiritual combat, obviously personal holiness, but it's so difficult. And so in a specific example, she says, my heart was so broken when going to Midnight Mass. This is from her story of soul, her memoir. And she said, I was counting so much on assisting at it behind Carmel's grills. She wanted to enter so badly to be a Carmelite then. And she said, this trial was very great for my faith, but the one whose heart watches, even when he sleeps, made me understand that those whose faith is like that of a mustard seed, he grants miracles and moves mountains in order to strengthen this faith, which is still small. But for his intimate friends, for his mother, he works no miracles before having tried their faith. Did he not allow Lazarus to die, even after Martha and Mary told him he was sick? At the wedding of Cana, when the Blessed Virgin asked Jesus to come to the help of the head of the house, didn't he answer her that his hour had not yet come? But after the trial, was the reward. The water was changed into wine. Lazarus was raised from the dead. Thus, Jesus acted toward his little Therese after having tried her for a long time. And then she goes on to say that he granted all the desires of her heart. And, Mm. you know, again, with her little way that we can offer everything in the small things, and that leads to the biggest things. Yeah. Yeah, no, Brooke, I I love that example. And that that touches on something that I I did want to mention that we can even suffer we can we can we can suffer from from some good desire you know like that or some some you know good intention and so like yeah to, just to think of you know Therese was suffering because she wanted this good she wanted to enter into Carmel and she couldn't yet um and and that's good for us to to remember too that, that not all suffering is um you know physical pain or not all suffering is um bad news. Uh, you know, maybe it's bad news for her that she couldn't go in immediately, but it's just like, okay, um, soon, but, but not yet. And that reminds me of this, like a little, the little story of like how when Mother Teresa decided that she wanted to go be a, a missionary in, in India, I mean, we know she joined the Sisters of, of Loretto before finding her own Missionaries of Charity, but so she comes home She's like 18 years old, and she, you know, her mom's cutting vegetables at the at the sink, and and so sure her back is to her, and she comes in and she tells her mom that, you know, this the, their 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 parish priest is going to help her be um, a missionary in India, and this is really what she wants. This is what what Jesus wants for her. And her mother, without like turning around or saying anything, just like stops and leaves the kitchen and goes up to her room and, and closes the door. And so like Agnes is like, okay, I'm not really sure what, what to do now, but mom wants to, to be alone. So she goes outside and she starts thinking, you know, I wonder, I wonder if she's crying. I wonder, you know, what she's doing. She said, well, she's probably praying her rosary. And so she takes out her rosary too, and she's praying her rosary. And then her sister, older sister, Aga comes home like late. And, and she says, Oh my gosh, you know, I thought I'd be late for dinner, but like nothing has started yet. And she says, what's, you know, what's going on is mom not home. And, and so Agnes says, you know, you know, she's, she's home and she's upstairs and, and Agnes says, okay, well, I, I, you know, I'll go up and see her. And, and, and Agnes um, says, well, I think she wants to be alone. And so she tells her older sister now, it's like, here's, here's why, here's what I told her. So the girls, you know, finish cutting the vegetables and they put them on the boil and they, they make the dinner and have their dinner and still mom doesn't come down. And so she's like up in her room for like 24 hours or whatever. And so finally she comes down, you know, the next day, later in the afternoon, and she says to Agnes, she says, you know, like, who am I? You know, to to stop 
you if if this is really what Jesus uh, wants you wants you to do. And so with um, you know a, a kind of a broken heart, I, I'm sure in a sense of let, having to let her daughter go, she she sort of. Um, you know, says, okay, this is, you know, this is it. And so I, I just, I, I love that, that, that little account. Like, here's this, this holy woman and, and mother, and her daughter comes home and tells her that she wants to go be a missionary, which is like a very noble, you know, pursuit, and, and to, to respond to, to such a, a vocation like that at, at the age of 18. And and so here it's, it's this good thing, but the mother, her mother is like, is, is really suffering from it, because now I have to let my daughter go. This isn't the life that I had planned for her. You know, I, I, I wanted these other things. So she's choosing a, a good thing. Um, and I have to sort of make sense of it and make sense of, of, of this, this suffering in this, in this moment. So uh, I, just, yeah, your example of Therese and that little example of like Mother Teresa kind of beginning her, her, her vocation is, is maybe a good reminder for us that, that we can suffer somebody's good news in, 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 some, in some cases, but it might just not be what we had, uh, what we had planned for them. And, and, and it's for us to, to then you know, kind of, you know, work that out and, and, and be courageous. That's such a beautiful example, too, because I think it speaks to the very practical reality yeah. of, of our flesh as parents. And a lot of that is control. And not I'm not saying mm. that necessarily was, but it, but obviously for uh, Mother Teresa's mom, there was a grief. There was a bit of a sorrow, like yeah, you said, but yeah. it can be out of love. And right. for parents, we have these prayers because our babies, you know, they grow under our hearts. And from that moment, we recognize this incredible gift and we want, we have dreams for them, right? We have Mm -hmm. gifts. We have gifts that we see in them that we think, well, they would be good at this or maybe expectations that we might even not realize that we place upon them. And so that control, I think, of letting go, and this isn't my wish perhaps or not what I thought you were going to do. I think that can be a suffering from parents that we don't often talk about as much because we know best. But truly, I think, like you said, (laughs) that there comes fortitude and abandonment and surrender and trust in God's will in his, and even, you know, for many, I think of so many, it's such a devastating reality, the enslavement of at it, you know, there's so many addicted to drugs, and I just think of mm-hmm. the heartbroken parent, and this is not what you wanted, but there is a very real understanding that you cannot control the situation, and there is a redemptive aspect to that, Father, don't you think? Absolutely, absolutely, and like you said earlier, just that surrender, and it's so good for us to to, to surrender and say, okay, here's here, what, what can I control in this? What can't I? And Lord, then help me to do my my little part, and and. And then, yeah, and, and trust and trust that, that God, you know, is still very present in those moments. For sure, especially that. I want to uh, give the phone lines to if maybe this is something you could relate to about the control and the surrender. Our topic is redemptive suffering. Our studio line is one triple eight nine one four. 9149. Again, Brooke Taylor here in for Patrick Conley and Father Michael Harchie, a priest of the Diocese of Columbus, is with us as our spiritual director. And you know what reminds me too of, we were talking at the beginning of the show about Father Walter Chiswick. And in his book, he talks about just the daily kind of grind. I mean, he was in this prison camp for 20 years, falsely accused, tortured, starved, mm-hmm. in the darkness experiencing God's love in a place you'd think is impossible. And he talks about fortitude and he says, 
how it strengthens the resolve to resist temptations. He said, for each of us, salvation means taking up daily the same cross of Christ, accepting what each day brings as the will of God, offering back to God each morning all the joys, works, and sufferings of that day. It's easy for us, of course, to offer the joys and to get up Mm -hmm. in the morning and say, thank you, Lord, I'm breathing, and I'm able to step out of bed and 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 do your will today but it's hard it's hard to offer up the sufferings of that day and what will come because we don't know it's out of our control but i think he says it means also going to bed exhausted routine not the spectacular it can mean drudgery pain putting aside pleasures happiness or the love of the human heart craving until another time so what is necessary at that moment can't be done and there's real redemptive uh graces it sounds like in that just waiting for us yeah and and if uh, there are always and 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 to that point if we you know if we can't you know, suffer or endure some some little inconveniences in our in our day after we give thanks to God for, you know, for the gift of our lives or something like that. If we can't suffer these little things, we're we're, we're it's going to be really hard for us to respond to some some big thing like like Father Shizek did. Um, you know, so that 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 t- takes you know really a, a lifetime of. Of of preparation and of of giving oneself over and so and, and we think too so he's doing that in imitation of of our Lord and who gave his his life in a very quiet way in those hidden years of of Nazareth of just kind of you know suffering through the the, the labor and the the heat and maybe some some want and in his in his poverty of the Holy Family and and um, you know because he was fully human and and so he then he was able to you know, to endure the, the mock and the scorn and the ridicule of the scribes and Pharisees, and then ultimately his, you know, his, his crucifixion, so that we don't have to suffer that same level of, of, of abandonment. Um, and so, so then if, 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 if we're going to follow in his footsteps, well, then every day in the ordinariness of our lives, like you said earlier, you know, we take up our little crosses or, or we, you know, suffer some, you know, minor injustice or minor inconvenience or some some disagreeable person, and and we we offer that up, knowing that and the Lord is is preparing us, you know, for I don't know for our own passion, you know, wherever that might come. And you know, when you're saying that, it, what's coming to mind is the the physical aspect of how we build muscle and how grace, mm-hmm. you know, builds and the interior life we continue to advance and. I had read a reflection once that when Jesus said, forgive them, they know what, not what they do. He meant it because so many people, it's just like kind of artwork where you get maybe like a third grade ability of drawing and then you don't really advance beyond that unless you're serious right, about art. Right. And a lot of people get maybe like a basic catechesis, but then they don't continue to develop. And But when you again, for instance redemptive suffering, you begin to practice these small mortifications. And that's why when grandma says offer it up or mom or dad, it's so powerful because it might be these little things like you're saying where I just got a bad grade on a test and there's nothing I can do about it now. Well, you can offer it up, Lord, I give this to you and for the sins and the sins of the whole world and all of the things I have a, a crick in my neck or my ankle hurts or I'm stuck behind (laughs) a really slow driver, you know, that we can use that opportunity to pray for the driver in front of us or when we're in line. How many people right now around the world are are waiting? They're waiting for news of tests or surgery or some emergency Mm -hmm. to pray. Um, And so 
then it becomes in the spiritual life, this muscle, you see a marathon runner and think there's no way I could do that. But you go out and you run one mile and you realize I could maybe do two. And it doesn't always start where we are going to be. I mean, there are some, of course, blessed with great heroic faith from the beginning, Maximilian Colby, Padre Pio. Because you see Padre Pio and how he talks about suffering. And it's like, this is impossible. It's confounding. I wouldn't want to seek and desire to suffer. But the great saints say that. But it's because they are saints and they understood through these little ways and they built that muscle. They're the Arnold Schwarzeneggers, you know, of the spiritual Yeah, well, life. sure. Right, right, Brooke. And and they're, you know, they they had nothing more at their disposal than, than you and I do, right. you know, right now. Like, and, 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 you know, some might have grown up in like a, maybe a more difficult time in, in world history or difficult, you know, place than, than maybe the United States. Um, so, so that is um, actually to their spiritual advantage. So, so for us who, you know, have probably relatively more, you know, more or less comfortable lives, like you said earlier, we do need to intake, undertake some kind of mortification just to kind of like, like, you know, willingly deprive ourselves of, of something. So it's not really like we're, I'm not, I'm not suffering when I, when I don't eat meat on Fridays or when I fast for, for, from a meal or, or something for some you know, particular thing. Like I'm not, I'm not suffering that it's, it's, it's an intentional, it's an intentional thing to help like kind of remind me that, that there are people who, who are suffering, that there are people who are going, going without. And, and if I don't do this in my comfortable life, I'm going to forget that. And I'm going to forget God's providence, and and so I've I've got to um, if if I if I'm in the, in the position, um, you know, where where we might say oh, you know, you're blessed and I have to suffer much. Well, okay, maybe, but like suffering is is in a sense of God, and 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 so again, if we're if we're not suffering a whole lot, if we're if we're you know living some relatively comfortable lives, and you know little mortifications here or there, we don't have to go too far to to, to look for them, like you said might just be a, a slow, slow driver ahead of us. Well, then there's, there's a little mortification for that, you know, for that day. And that's enough um, to, to acknowledge and to, to give it back to God as a, as a pleasing sacrifice, lest we forget um, that, that we are, um, that we're meant to be sort of, you know, uh, purged in this, in this life. Um, yeah. And then when we drill down further, right, do we always experience like God's abandonment just when, um, I'm feeling bad, you know, and then all of a sudden, if I'm feeling good, if I, if I, if my emotions are, are good, then I'm not abandoned by God. And, and so it's good for us to like, like reflect on that too. It's like, how do I, you know, how do I associate God's goodness, you know, with me? Like if I'm, you know, if, if, if I, like you said, if I got a bad grade on a test, has God abandoned me? Well, no, like you, you need to study more. Like, <laughs> you need to like, you need to, to, to put in the time to, to do that, to use your time well. And so it's not God's fault and he has not abandoned you. He's very close to you, in fact, and he's like encouraging you to, to glorify him with the gifts and talents that, that he's given you. And so for us to sort of like, I don't know, have a, just reset our understanding of, of that and, and, and what it means to, I don't know, whatever, you feel abandoned by God. It's like, okay, what, you know, why am I in this position that I'm in? And let me reflect a little bit and examine my conscience. And, and then, um, yeah, kind of press forward there. 
I love it. So good. Uh, we've been discussing redemptive suffering here on the inner life. And again, it really spans a spectrum from perhaps the hangnail irritations of life to the, the massive losses in grief. And how can we use that for the benefit of souls, the souls in purgatory, the souls of the whole world, our own soul in uniting to cross and, and raising the Ebenezer stone, the stone of victory of God's faithfulness. Father Michael Harchi is our spiritual director today from the Diocese of Columbus. My name is Brooke Taylor, filling in for Patrick Conley. I'm happy to be with you today and tomorrow and the next week while he's on vacation. How can families heal from tragedy and final reflections on redemptive suffering? Those are two points that we'll cover when we come back from the break. We'll touch on that and more here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio and the app. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Our sponsor, the University of Dallas, invites you to check out The Quest, a five-episode video series on discovering our purpose and living it with courage. Start watching The Quest for free at relevantradio.com slash quest. program. My name is Brooke Taylor, filling in for Patrick Conley. Father Michael Harchie is our spiritual director today. And we, this last hour, have been exploring the theme of redemptive suffering. Sometimes it feels as though God has forgotten us in our suffering. And how can we understand this is an opportunity for unifying our suffering with the cross? And with that comes freedom and liberation. Father, you had such a beautiful reminder to us that by offering up our suffering, we're not a victim, that we have the strength and the power to use our suffering for the good. And I think our world needs to be reminded of that. But every now and then, there is a loss that it just seems we will not be able to surmount. We won't be able to recover. We know we'll never be the same. And I want to address that. This is the big question of when a family experiences a tragedy or a loss that is um, just, I mean, every loss, of course, is a grief, but beyond what you think would be possible to endure, what is some insight or um, counsel that you might offer in that regard of understanding redemptive yeah. suffering in that light? Yeah, Brooke, yeah, it's... Um... So, yeah, even though, you know, we talked a lot about, like, this point of, like, okay, sometimes the suffering is of our own making, of our own bad choices, or somebody doing some some harm to us. But, but yeah, then, then, then you get to this where it's like, okay, I haven't done anything wrong. I've made good choices in, in, my, in my life. I've, I've tried to, you know, follow the Lord, you know, very closely. And yet, <clears throat> like you said, you know, families lose a, a, a child or, 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 or families lose a, a parent at a, at a young age. Um, or some, you know, horrible, you know, disease that diagnosis and, um, or, you know, in, in my ministry, I've been at a lot of rural parishes with a lot of farmers. And, and again, some of them, okay, we've, we've done everything right. And, and, and we're still really struggling financially, you know, and, and, and this is just like the reality that, that, that we live in. And so you, you listen to these people's, you know, stories. And so whatever it is, they're, they're suffering from the, the stress of, of severe financial hardships after, if they're making prudent decisions or there's the suffering of a, the loss of a loved one or this medical diagnosis. And, uh, and, and, and oftentimes like as a, as a, as a priest in that, in that position who is not personally going through that, you know, like, like they are, you just, um, you, the, the, 
the best thing we can do is, is really to kind of like be, be like this physical presence to them. And, and, and physical is, is, you know, really it, like not just over the phone or like on, on zoom that we're so used to or something, but just like kind of be in the room with them as, as, as much as we can, uh, kind of walking with them through, through these, these, you know, real hardships and real issues because it just reminds us that, that it's a real physical reminder when you got this other face, you know, kind of looking at you and another hand to hold that, um, I am, I am not alone. And, and even more so that, that God is right here, is right here with me. And, and so when we're not, you know, going through that, when somebody else is, it's, it's, you know, one of the best things that, that we can do, uh, obviously that the you know, first thing would be the, the sacrifice of our, of our prayers for them and the intercessory prayers that are so powerful. But, but yeah, just being really physically present with them to, to walk with them in those situations can be of, of great comfort because, um, you know, as, as, as you might know, like, what can we do? You know, I can't bring that person yeah. back. I can't take away the, the diagnosis. I can't, um, you know, I, you know, help you in, 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 the, in the financial way that you actually need. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's easy for us maybe to feel helpless, but, um, you know, there's, there is just so much we can do by, by just giving of our, of our, of our time and our, our, our presence to them. And thank you for, for your presence in, in the lives of the body of Christ and your parishioners and those that you walk alongside and pray for, because we know mm-hmm. those graces are, are indispensable. And I just want to conclude, there's a great Byzantine mystic that, that I appreciate, St. Ignatius, uh, Ignatius Branachov, and he talks about how in the Orthodox tradition, and Byzantine is um, the Eastern, but still in communion with Rome, that mm-hmm. there is, it's called bright sadness and this longing for full restoration, this ache for full healing. And there will be a day when we fully understand and he will wipe every tear from our eye as we hear in Revelation, but that we can give him our suffering and our pain. And when we receive that cup to understand that it comes from our Lord, and it, he says, this is the chalice the Father has prepared. It is not the Pharisees or Caiaphas or Judas who prepared it. It's not Pilate and his soldiers who give it. The all good and all wise Father gives it to you. He sees your troubles and afflictions, and if he should find it necessary to remove the cup from you, he would certainly do so. Entrust yourself in the simplicity of heart, who has counted even the hairs on your head. He knows in what measure the healing cup must be given to you. And Father, you know, when you talk about accompaniment, we think about our Lord in the garden, and he says, could you not wait one hour with me, and mm, I think right, to be able to, right. to unite our cup with His and be there, like you're saying, uh, and, and whether it's our own suffering or the suffering of a loved one or a friend, and, and walking alongside them is what He calls us to do. Yeah, that's a great connection, right? I mean, He, he wasn't asking them to take the cross away from Him, take the cup away from Him. Just just stay up with me, just be with me for a little while. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so so good. Um, as we conclude, will you give us a blessing? Absolutely. And thanks. Uh, pleasure to be on with you, Brooke, and uh, enjoy the, the rest of your guest hosting. You're doing a great job. Thank you. Um, so through the intercession of the Holy Family and the suffering uh, cross of Christ, may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Michael Harchi, our spiritual director for The Inner Life today. Thank you so much. God bless you, Father. My name is Brooke Taylor, in for Patrick Conley. Look forward to joining you tomorrow as the Lord wills. The Holy Sacrifice of the Mass is next here on Relevant Radio. Tomorrow on The Inner Life, 
Father Dave Henney is with us, and we'll talk about loving our enemies. Jesus says, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. But this remains one of the most challenging aspects of spiritual life. We'll get some much-needed wise counsel, spiritual direction tomorrow here on The Inner Life. Grace and peace. God bless you.